Hey everyone, how are all you data-driven marketers out there today? And if you're looking for new ways to reach unique prospects and better engage your audiences, well, you're in the right place. This is the second podcast for the Two Guys and Some Data series, and we're giving you some nitty-gritty advice you actually need to make more money. I'm Alan Abbott. And I'm Larry Cavanaugh. And today we're talking about the great debate surrounding the sharing of visitor browsing behavior. And before you say, what? That's a great debate. I'm not interested. Hear us out. There are some very important things to think about before you make what is a very critical decision about your own data. And we want to fill you in. So, Alan, what's the big deal with uh, website visitor data? I mean, only 2 to 5% of the people who visit my website actually buy. Why do I care about those useless other people who uh, didn't deign to buy my product? Well, it's certainly true that only 2 to 5% buy. And we also tend to get uh, information about some others, maybe another 10% who will give an email address or uh, somehow we can match them. Uh, But still, those other 85% uh, who are not identifiable, we can now identify a lot of them. So we can, using some emerging technology, uh, identify probably 50 to 70% of anonymous browsers and tell folks who they are. And the combination of uh, very detailed browsing behavior that can now be collected, along with the increased capability to identify visitors at postal addresses, provides some great clues about who is in the market for your products and what they are looking for. Uh, So what I'd like to know, though, is, so what do I do with all this visitor intent data, Larry? How do I use it? Well, Alan, as you mentioned, uh, these, you know, those 95% of people who visit and don't buy, they're telling you something. They're telling you they're on your website, they found you somewhere, whether it was uh, paid search, whether it was SEO, whether it was, you know, some uh, uh, radio advertising you did, they found you. They're interested in your company and your product. Uh, And that's a very unique prospect audience. So uh, where I think the big opportunity today is, is to really uh, pay attention to what they're doing on your website because they're not all equally interested. They're at different points in their buying, you know, in their path to purchase. Some of them are just checking you out for the first time. They're sort of at the top of the funnel if you think about sort of the conversion funnel. Others, have, uh, others are giving you a little deeper dive. They're looking a little bit more deeply at what you're doing. And others are right at the verge of being ready to buy but not quite ready to cross over. But I think also, really critically, they're telling you what they're interested in, what products they're interested in, what price points they're interested in. They're even giving you clues about what marketing messages they respond to. And this is all great data you can use to sort of convert that knowable, you know, 95% of people who visit your website and don't buy, all great data to help you convert them more effectively. Okay, so for example, let's say our colleague Chris is looking for new speakers for his production studio uh, where he makes music uh, at his house. So early in his search, we might send him an email with a short white paper talking about what's new in speaker technology. Is that right? Uh, Absolutely. I think you're right on. You've got to match, you know, sort of where someone is in their path to purchase. Uh, You you know, the the opportunity is to match the advertising medium to where they are in that path. And so when they're just at the very top, frankly, you don't want to use a very expensive medium because they're really just sort of learning and trying to figure it out. You know, digital marketing is great for that. As they get closer to the bottom of the funnel, the opportunity, frankly, is to really use um, more direct response type medium, uh, media that really sort of breaks through the clutter and gets your message in front of them. Okay, so when he uh, gets more interested and we understand based on his behavior uh, that he's getting closer to a buying decision, we could then send him a postcard, say, with uh, an offer for sound equipment 
to help close the deal? Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of different possibilities uh, that you can do with that. But, you know, Alan, there's a lot of folks today who are, this whole concept of using digital browsing data across a, a variety of medium, uh, direct mail, uh, addressable TV, et cetera, uh, is really exploding. And so, uh, but I see a lot of companies that are offering these kind of services uh, require that if you're going to participate, that you share your data with them in some type of co-op fashion. Uh, what do you, uh, uh, you know, what do you think about that? I mean, people are already sharing data with, you know, lots of people are sharing data with four or more transactional co-ops. Should we share this kind of data with, uh, uh, with these sort of new emerging browsing uh, companies? Well, let's think about where we are today. So 25 years ago, the database cooperatives convinced a large number of people, including me, uh, to share their transaction history, promising in return uh, that they would find lookalike prospects in the overall monster database. And they delivered on that promise. And we as an industry got sucked into that methodology and that model and where we are today is that everyone is working off the same transactional data and whatever message you're sending out there to your prospects and your customers, it's likely that your competitors are sending similar messages uh, to the same folks. Uh, one of the questions you really have to ask yourself is if I keep this data to myself, will I beat my competitor to the mailbox? So if I have it and I don't share it, uh, it, it might be an opportunity for me uh, to get out there ahead of the curve and get people into that, make that buying decision before uh, the competitors even get a chance to throw an offer at them. Well, in, in today's digital world, I think it's even, even um, broader than just reaching a mailbox, uh, although that's a great example. Uh, if you think about the uh, DMPs uh, like Lotomy that are out there today that allow you to, you know, they, they're providing all these audiences that you can push digital advertising to. You know, you, you'll see audiences like, you know, golf enthusiasts, people in the market to buy cars. Where do you think the data for that comes from? Uh, you know, if you are sharing your purchase or if you're sharing your browsing data uh, into, you know, some uh, uh, you know, companies that are sort of helping you then monetize that browsing data, if you're sharing that in with them, thinking that it's only going to, they're only helping you uh, uh, advertise your product, but you're allowing them to remarket it, believe me, uh, those DMPs get that data out into their audiences that other, your competitors can buy fast. Uh, I hear DMPs today talking about within four hours of receiving a data feed uh, that shows uh, an audience that's interested in a particular category of product. They're promising you can have digital ads to that person that fast. And so if, you are, if you're sharing that browsing data, you're most likely not only, not only will your competitor meet, beat you to the mailbox, but your competitor is likely going to, um, uh, likely going to beat you to the digital, you know, beat you to the digital display ad. Okay. So Larry, can you just clarify, for, what's a DMP? Oh, uh, DMP, a data management platform. So uh, uh, there's a, a number of them out there. Lotomy is one that's uh, really hot today and is a very great platform. But uh, they have created these digital audiences that are, um, you know, uh, partitioned, of course, by uh, demographics, but also partitioned by what people buy, what they're interested in. And you can, you can essentially rent, uh, hey, I'd like to do digital ads to people who are known golf enthusiasts and have your digital ad track them all over the internet. Uh, and like I say, the speed with which they uh, take data from data providers and put that online is amazingly fast today. 
That's all really interesting and a little bit scary. <laughs> Uh, is there any research out there to you know help people make this really hard decision? Well, not not that I'm aware of. I mean, this whole thing is you know a very new field. Uh, only the last couple of years uh, has it even been possible to really do this. Uh, to me, the way I would think about it is uh, uh, think about what it would cost you to share this data. Uh, so you know, take a look at how many web transactions occur on your website uh, that come from first-time visitors. You know, when someone first visits and that come from people who come back and revisit. If you've got you know, 70% of your transactions coming from people who don't buy on the first visit but buy on a second, third, or fourth visit, if you're sharing that data, you're putting that 70% of transactions at risk. Because as you pointed out, Alan, you're the only one who knows that visitor's on your site unless you share it. Uh, so if you, know, if you, if you get 100% you know, of transactions on first visit, share the data all day, it doesn't matter. But if they are, but like if you're like most people, and uh, uh, shoppers come and visit your website and check you out a little bit uh, before they make a purchase, you're really putting a large portion of your, you know, frankly, online revenue at risk. Oh, okay, that's very helpful. And and uh, I will add though that we we have heard from from clients that when they don't share the data and they put that audience out there, there is very little overlap with. Uh, uh, audiences that they're getting from other providers. So uh, what you're saying makes great sense. Uh, well, so Alan, uh, I mean, you've been in this industry for a long time. You saw the rise of the original data co-ops uh, uh, through today's world. Uh, what do you think the wise course of action is here for uh, for companies? Well, part of me, uh, the you know, the old direct marketer in me, uh, you know, test and learn would say, okay, let's be uh, careful about the questions we ask uh, these providers who are asking us to share data and you know make as informed a decision as we possibly can but uh, I'm gonna be a little more direct and just say no don't share it uh, we're very early uh, in in this experiment it's rather new uh, there's more that we don't know than what we do know but we do know there's a lot of things you can do with your own data without sharing uh, the data with others. And my suggestion would be let's exhaust those uh, before we go out there and, and start sharing this data. Very good. That sounds like very sound advice. Well, thanks for listening to two guys ramble about data and marketing for the past few minutes. If you got what you needed, you'll probably like our blog too. Uh, check out more of our resources at www.navastone.com backslash blog. Again, that's navastone.com backslash blog. We'll be back in a few weeks to talk about the most lucrative data out there uh, and how it helps you better connect with customers. Thank you very much. Uh, again, I'm Larry Cavanaugh. And I'm Alan Abbott. And have a good day, everyone.